Welcome to Getting Work to Work, a weekly podcast exploring the creative and curious world of work through monologues and conversations with creative entrepreneurs, storytellers, and change makers. Last week on Getting Work to Work, I shared about the book I've been writing and read from a chapter about silence. I received a positive response, which encouraged me to continue sharing. So this week, I'm moving to the next section of the book, which is about close relationships. The chapter I'll be sharing is about human evolution, the changes we go through, and our expectations of others to never change. But before I do that, I want to let anyone listening know this. Your art, your words, and your lives are important, so never stop sharing them with your loved ones. Show notes and links to all the good stuff mentioned in this episode can be found at gwtw.co 638. One of the biggest struggles that I've had in getting this book out into the world has been the fear that my words don't matter and that no one cares. But the truth is that everyone does have something to say, and more importantly, everyone has something valuable to say. Just not to everyone. Last night I was watching The Last Starfighter, a lovely film from 1984. It's a simple film, cheesy, rudimentary computer graphics, but groundbreaking for 1984, and includes one of the most famous catchphrases, at least in my household, I love you, Alex Drogan. As I was watching it, I felt the call to create. Not the call to say, wow, look at me, but to say, look at what's possible. Because I don't want a mass market spectacle. I don't want to be a Marvel film, a Star Wars film, or even Brene Brown. I want to be the last starfighter, long forgotten except by a devoted few. So, do we idolize the popular, or do we admire the long-lasting, fighting for views and perfection, or good enough for what we have done? Make your art, share it, get it in front of the people who matter, and never stop making, never stop creating, even if it seems like there's an endless amount of content out there. Just a few thoughts to start this monologue with, but now I want to dive into the next chapter from my book. If you don't remember, the book is titled A Curious Journey, Learning to Coexist in Solitude, Relationships, and Community. It's all about curiosity as it relates to ourselves, between one another in relationship, and in community. I then talk about something I call the Curiosity Toolkit, which covers 13 areas of curiosity using our human body as a metaphor. Last week, I read the chapter Silence from the Me section, and this week I'm going to share Human Evolution from the You section. So here we go. Can people change? Do we really want people to change, especially our loved ones, our family, our friends? There's a selfish desire for constancy, to know that in the frenetic chaos of life here on earth that some things are stable and unchanging. And yet, whether we accept it or not, the only time you stop evolving is in death. But as Mary Roach writes about in her book Stiff, even death involves change, so you're out of luck if you never want to change. Our body replaces its entire cellular level every year. Editing note, obviously need to research this. End editing note. That is a level of change we never see, don't even think is happening, and don't truly care that it is occurring 
because it doesn't affect us, or so we think. It's when other people's evolution forces us to deal with this dynamic nature of our existence that we either begin to accept and embrace change, or we dig down and fight against nature, the system, biology, and God. With our friends and family, there's a deep level of commitment, understanding, and a silent drive to find stability and establish an emotional equilibrium. I've heard countless divorced couples bemoan and explain their reasons with a form of this statement. They were no longer the person I married. While I want to judge this as ignorant or sinful, I hear another voice. At least they had the willingness and courage to change. Hopefully. I'm cynical about some things. And lasting change is one of those areas. This is the paradox of change. There are some areas that are allowed to change, and others must be set in stone until we die. Religion, political affiliation, sexual orientation, gender, the reasons why we're friends or got married, these are many of the classifications that must not change. Why? It's because when other people change, it affects us deeply, causes us to have to change ourselves, be confronted with our own biases and prejudices, and have to recategorize and understand the person anew. Goodbye, Constancy. The desire to not change only intensifies with people we love. But change we do and change we must. Curiosity is a powerful way to embrace the change of others and simultaneously reveal how we also need to change. An important word about change. Forcing someone to change through manipulation or ultimatum is not built upon curiosity. There is a time and place for intervention. Curiosity is not about power. And while that's way beyond the scope of this book, power and abuse is as far from curiosity we can get. If you find yourself attracted to this desire, or even witness it in others, it's time to do some work on yourself, and also make sure you or the person you witness are safe. Safety, physical, psychological, mental, emotional, spiritual, is necessary not just for curiosity, but for life. I'm not the man my wife married, and she is not the woman I married. We were married in our early 20s, and almost 20 years later, we have grown up and become stronger people. We've learned new things about one another as we spend time together, challenge each other, and tend to the wounds that life deals us along the way. As we encourage one another to change, we talk about our needs, wants, and desires, which at times can be both easy and discouraging. But love, sacrifice, and commitment is the way forward of broadening our horizons and providing new ways to look at each other, our dreams, and the world. In many areas of my life throughout the different decades, I've been inflexible to change. My 20s were incredibly dogmatic. I was prone to accept and perpetuate fear-based messages and propaganda. Set in my ways, lazy, fearful, hurt, and yet there was something stirring deep within myself a desire to inspire others to use their creativity, to grow their skills, to tell the stories that mattered to them, an innate feeling to embrace their inner worlds, to connect with themselves in order to be fully in relationship with others. 
and this resulted in a perpetuation of hope and unbridled optimism in place of pain and cynicism. And it took a long time to get there and allow my creative expression to be filled with hope and peace. Fake it till you make it doesn't even begin to describe the chasm between my beliefs and my abilities, which strained my closest relationships. My wife, parents, and in-laws all lacked an understanding of what I was trying to do and why I couldn't just get a stable job making a ton of money. Why would I choose to live a creative life of instability and uncertainty? I didn't see it that way, even though now I can understand their hesitations and concerns. All I saw was their avoidance of their own inner world and the rejection of their creative spirit. I believe that creative expression is one of the most potent abilities every one of us possess. But not everyone believes they are creative, let alone that their creativity will result in money, impact, influence, or change. But as we search for the way forward and encourage it in others, receive direction from the wisdom of people blazing trails for us, something unbelievable happens. We start to see others in a new light as they reveal themselves. And in the glory of their revelation, the deepest wounds are uncovered, ready to finally breathe and heal. I'm surrounded by creativity. My wife has always been creative but is now stepping into her power and acting upon her creative desires and dreams. She's starting to see herself in the same ways I've witnessed all these years of our relationship. My mom is an amazing artist, working in paints, patterns, threads, and foods. My dad is a writer and thinker. My friend Diane is creative beyond measure in words and lines. But for each of us, there's something holding us back from really diving in and committing to the creative life. Maybe it's fear or the pain associated with failure or success. Perhaps it's a story, a belief, a harsh word from someone closest to us, or a memory of an encourager or muse long gone, but alive only in our minds. To be curious is to encourage the expression in order to exercise the pain and control from these stories. To encourage means to give kind words, to empower another through guidance and permission, to embolden through the witness of their courage. Witnessing the action, marveling in the boldness, and embracing the failure and success in order to keep moving forward is a never-ending journey of love and care. It's absolutely the work we must do every day with ourselves, our friends, families, co-workers, acquaintances, and strangers. You never know how impactful attention can be. The well-timed thought or prayer, taking a moment to say, I love you, or I'm proud of you, or even what do you need, or what do you want? When we can set aside what we think we know about someone and truly learn about who they are today, we allow change to occur. When we reconcile past with present, we begin the change process in ourselves and in others. But change requires intentional action on a consistent daily basis. It can be massive and minuscule. Both gestures are necessary as the future unfolds. A quick note about influence. Who do you allow in your life and in your mind to tell you who you are?
Depending upon the motivation and means, these sources of influence can be positive or negative, hidden or in plain sight. As a society, we are influenced on an unprecedented number of levels, from the words and images of news and headlines, to social media and technology, loved ones, friends, churches, community organizations. You name it, the influence is there. Not to mention the hold the past has on us to shape us as well. You can't always change who influences you or attempts to, but you can be aware of how you influence others for what purposes to what ends. As much as I like to think I'm different from other sources of influence, the effect on a person can be profoundly devastating. So beware. As the Peter Parker principle clearly states, with great power comes great responsibility. Or as I like to sum it up, don't be an asshole. How do you respond to someone who is influenced by a source we don't agree with, accept, or understand? With love and a desire to understand? Or banishment and exile? It's easy and hurts like hell to kick people to the curb because they don't agree with you. But as a society, that level of pain finds its way into all relationships if we aren't careful. How do we begin to understand? Empathetic listening is a great place to start. You don't need to save your friends, family members, and strangers on the street. You can't be their savior. By shutting up and listening, being present, non-judgmental, loving and kind, you can build a solid connection. Kindness and curiosity go hand in hand when we no longer need to save anyone, but can instead be there for one another. Well, there you go. I hope you enjoyed that chapter from the you section of my book. Next week, I'm going to share from the community section. And then the following week, I'll share from the curiosity toolkit. So let me know what you think. You can reach out to me at chris at chrismartinstudios.com. Until next time, may creativity and curiosity fuel your life.